Hey, welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher. I own Mindful Counseling in Orem, Utah, and I'm on a mission to break down mental health stigma. Therapy Thoughts is a podcast all about helping you love yourself and make peace with your mind, body, and food. I'll share some education, tips, interviews, and tools from my clinical experience so you can improve your mental health. Stay tuned as we change the mental health game and talk all about therapy. Hey, Therapy Thoughts people. Welcome to episode 18. This is Tiffany Rowe, the host of the Therapy Thoughts podcast. Today, I am jumping into the topic of orthorexia. I've had a lot of requests to cover this one, so we'll jump into that here in a minute. But first, I want to tell you about a couple things that have changed over here on my end. I just launched a brand new website, tiffanyrow.com. Oh, I love it. It's such a great looking website, and it is a place where you can access all the different things I'm doing just in one place. So, of course, counseling. I'm still offering one-on-one counseling, the therapists who work for me in my practice. It's called Mindful Counseling. It's in Orem, Utah. If you or a loved one is dealing with life transitions, an eating disorder, body image, dieting, anxiety, depression, stress, trauma, PTSD, we got a therapist who can support you. So you can always access that support through the website, tiffanyrow.com. Of course, the podcast, the Therapy Thoughts podcast, which you're a fan of. I appreciate you listening. We're expanding. We're growing. We got more interviews coming up. um, So you can always access the podcast through the website. I have online courses that you've heard me talk about. Now you can access them through tiffanyrow.com, which will redirect you to tiffanyrowschool.com. We just added two new courses, an entire course on communication that's getting great reviews and a very specific course on navigating a faith-based transition. We have had a ton of requests to go into those topics, so those are live for you. I'll be launching two new courses in 2019 after I have a little bit of a break. Uh, In 2019, I'll be talking about infertility as well as social media for therapists. So, Again, head over to the new website, tiffanyrow.com. The other major thing that you can access through the new website is all of my merch. Um, I launched a Therapy is Cool movement, and we've created t-shirts and sweatshirts and totes and beanies and stickers, and we don't have much left. Um, And once they are sold out, we are going to go offline for a while. We're going to stop the merch branch of my business and just focus on other things. But Head over to tiffanyrow.com if you're interested in looking at any of those. And without further ado, let's talk about orthorexia. This is an eating disorder. The word orthorexia, O-R-T-H-O-R-E-X-I-A. Okay, that was coined in about 1997 by Stephen Brotman. Uh, and it means a health and an obsession with healthy eating. I want to really differentiate eating healthfully according to your rules and guidelines and beliefs versus orthorexia. So that's going to be a big part of this podcast today. Eating healthy is not wrong. Uh, And what you deem healthy is really going to depend on the generation, the era, accessibility, finances. The word health is so loaded. 
And as I'm beginning this podcast, I'm thinking, oh man, this could be a really big one. But for the sake of simplicity and just trying to understand what we're talking about, eating healthfully, whatever that means to you, is not wrong. And that does not mean you have orthorexia. Healthy eating is not a problem in and of itself. Um, What I want to talk about is when eating healthfully becomes obsessive, interferes with your functioning, causes you distress, creates suffering, um, you lose time because of it, you experience guilt and self-loathing and fixation. Uh, Most people around you do not have the same experience with eating healthfully. And it dictates where you eat, how you eat, what you what you eat, the ingredients. We're talking about a lot of time, a lot of focus, and a lot of fixation and obsession around eating in a very particular way. That's orthorexia. So being aware of what you eat and concerned about the nutritional quality of the food you eat is not a problem, y'all. And I think this this is tricky because whenever we're talking to people who suffer from eating disorders or disordered eating, um, the word health and healthy eating is very heavy. It's heavy laden with all kinds of meaning and assumptions and rules. Um, and even just the population at large, if you've never dieted, never had any body image issues, you still have an image that pops into your mind when I say the word health or healthy eating. Because that definition changes and shifts, I knew growing up in my house what it meant to eat healthy um, and what it meant to lose weight and how that was synonymous with, with health. And we know today that that's just not true. And we know that, in fact, if you have orthorexia and you are obsessed with healthy eating, it can have a very negative impact on your health. It can be fatal. And so there's such extreme thinking when it comes to health and orthorexia that it becomes this fixation and you are, you're fixated on so-called healthy eating that it actually starts to damage your own well-being. And I'm not just talking about health in a physical sense. I'm talking about emotional relationships, social, uh, spiritual, right? That, that there is impact as any mental disorder, that it is going to impair your functioning and how you show up in your life. And it's going to interrupt normal day-to-day activities. And it's going to interrupt your relationships. And we can all argue that that's not healthy and that the fixation on ingredients and sourcing and how they are and, and how they're, you know, processed, that's, that taken to an extreme is not healthy. And so that's what orthorexia is. It, very simply, an obsession with healthy eating. Uh, it's also referred to as righteous eating, that there's a lot of morality when it comes to orthorexia, that we feel like we are good and we are safe and we are in control. And I would argue we think we are better than because of this. Now, remember, I've suffered from orthorexia, bulimia, and anorexia, and I've fully recovered. So I speak from a lot of empathy and understanding, as well as clinical experience helping people recover and navigate this. We we really got to be careful because it's so easy today to make food moral, right? How many of us have read the children's books that even say uh, good food and bad food and here are foods you should eat and foods you shouldn't eat. 
anytime I'm working with people needing to sort of recovery, we get rid of the words good and bad. And we recognize there are no good or bad foods. Foods are not a moral issue. And there is no single food that has the power to give you immortality. There is no single food that will keep you perfectly alive and healthy forever. It's just, it it gets so extreme. What we do talk about in treatment is safe foods versus fear foods. What kind of foods feel safe to you as you're coming through orthorexia? And usually we see people with orthorexia get fewer and fewer foods that the requirements for the healthful eating and the righteous eating become so rigid and so narrow. They're, they're eating very little. Um, and for the sake of not of trying to prevent triggering people who might be listening to this, who have eating disorders, I am not going to share specific numbers or foods, but you can imagine in the society we live in today, we are cutting out more and more food groups and when someone's suffering with orthorexia, we're going to see more foods taken out of the, taken out of their diet, more fear few foods, and fewer safe foods. And so if you're struggling with this, I suggest start by making a list. What are the foods that you think are safe and what are the foods that you fear? And in therapy, we're going to sy- systematically expose you to the fear foods. So if you're afraid of desserty foods... We're going to work our way up to eating those and making space and exposing you to all the foods and recognizing none of them inherently cause harm. So this is orthorexia. What are some warning signs and symptoms? So if someone is compulsively checking ingredient lists and nutritional labels, um, keep in mind this is not speaking to people with actual medical diagnosed problems. If you have... Uh, a very strong gluten allergy, if you have celiac disease and you're checking ingredient lists to make sure there's no gluten because it can really harm you, that's not what we're talking about. Now, can that escalate to orthorexia? Absolutely. And so often, I wish I had the research on this, my clients come in because of something like that. They have some kind of health concern And they have read on the internet or a doctor, usually a naturopath of some variety, has told them, hey, if you cut out X, Y, and Z from your diet, it can heal this disease. Look, that's that's a whole series of podcast episodes. But what I am acknowledging is a lot of people turn to food as medicine, and that opens up a gateway towards orthorexia. Does everyone who does that develop this disease? No. But we absolutely know that dieting is the most important and consistent predictor of developing an eating disorder. So let me say that again. One out of four people who diet will go on to develop a full-blown eating disorder. And so this dieting, restriction, cutting out foods, compulsive checking of ingredients, that's a risk factor. It's setting up a lot of compulsive behaviors. Obsessive compulsive disorder is highly comorbid, co-occurring, happens with eating disorders. And when we invest so much weight in saying, hey, this behavior is going to make or break my health, you can see how we can develop obsessive compulsive patterns around that. So dieting is really a strong predictor of developing this disorder, any eating disorder. But but orthorexia, I mean, if you are being encouraged for health reasons to compulsively check ingredient lists, you could see why that's a risk factor. I'm not saying it's wrong to do that, particularly if you have a medical concern. But note how that can be high risk. 
Okay, it's a high risk choice. I'm not using moral language here intentionally. It's not good, bad, right, wrong, should, shouldn't. It's a high risk choice, y'all. Okay, another warning sign. If you have increased concern about the health of ingredients, we get so fixated. Health. And what does that mean? What does that mean when it comes to food? Are we cutting out more and more types of foods because they're quote unquote unhealthy? For someone like me, my definition of health is eating all varieties of foods and not restricting. Because for me, that could be a risk factor of relapsing into a very deadly disease, right? So we got to zoom out and think about what it means, the health of ingredients. And if someone is overly concerned with that and fixated on that, that could be a warning sign of orthorexia or maybe you're heading down that path. If you are cutting out increasing numbers of food groups, we typically see people saying no carbohydrates, no sugar, no types of this food and more and more and more until they're really eating very few things and it's it's the same things over and over. Um, my clients who come in with orthorexia will tend to say, man, I'm so, I'm so sick of packing my own food to restaurants and the impact it has on my life and cutting out ingredients and not being able to eat anything other than, you know, exactly what I pack. And it impacts traveling and family time like that. Those are risk factors. And those are the types of things we see. Another warning sign would be an inability to eat anything but a narrow food group that they say is pure or healthy. And often there's there's this framework of righteousness and morality and purity, not in like a literal religious sense, but like this is good, right? This is good for me. And by doing this, I am X, Y, and Z. And a lot of my clients admittedly are thinking they're going to be safe from illness or disease. And that's why we always have to talk about control and how eating disorders are control disorders. And how do we face uncertainty and acknowledge the fact that really there is no panacea or way to prevent things out of our control and trying to face that. Again, I'm not anti-healthful eating. Healthful eating in and of itself is not wrong or problematic. But if you are dealing with this type of disordered fixation, that might be really harmful for you to really focus on healthy or pure or moral foods. Another one, an unusual interest in what others are eating. And boy, oh boy, can I relate to this as someone in recovery. When I was active in my eating disorders, there was so much judgment and comparison. It's part of it, right? Constantly sizing yourself up because you don't feel good enough. So I'm going to look at your body and your foods and use that as a marker to determine my worth. And what really sucks is it's never good enough, right? The shame that's so inherent in an eating disorder just is constantly telling you it's never good enough. You're never good enough. And so this interest in what others are doing and eating, that judgment is really a reflection of your own insecurity, your own struggle, and your own disordered thoughts and eating. And I have empathy for you and and concern there. And as a counselor, I want to encourage you to look at that and to see that other people are mirrors for ourselves. If you're judging and sizing up their eating habits or their, their food choices, consider that that may be a reflection of your own insecurities and fears. Okay, another warning sign. You're spending hours, hours per day thinking about what food might be served at upcoming events. If you're already having anxiety about the holidays and what foods are there and what am I going to do, that's indicative of an eating disorder. That's really common with my folks who are in recovery trying to overcome this disease. 
And spending hours a day thinking about that does not fall within kind of the normal relationship to food spectrum. If you show a lot of distress when your quote-unquote safe or quote-unquote healthy foods aren't available, that's a warning sign, y'all. Distress. It's causing you discomfort. You're obsessed about it. You're worried about it. Your quality of life is impacted. That's why this is a disorder. That it interferes with your health. Your obsession with health interferes with your health. It interferes with life and your quality of life suffers. Now might be a good time to acknowledge that this is not a clinically uh, deemed mental health diagnosis yet. It's not in the DSM-5, right? We can't bill insurances for orthorexia, but it's absolutely acknowledged by the National Eating Disorder Association and any professional that this is a very real thing. Another warning sign. If you are following blogs, social media profiles, um, healthy lifestyle, you know, leaders or influencers, obsessive following of that, the comparison, the tracking, the counting, the pictures, all of that are big warning signs. Uh, body image concerns may or may not be present with people with orthorexia. And so you may have a, a positive body image as long as you are as you are following your rules of eating. That's what we tend to see. There are health consequences to this disease, my friends. Like anorexia, this involves a lot of restriction. And you're restricting, you're restricting not only calories, because a lot of people with orthorexia are thinking, well, I'm eating, you know, in the range of calories that are recommended. So it's it can be restriction of, of calor, caloric amount, but we always see restriction in variety of foods eaten. And so this increases the likelihood of malnutrition. Uh, so anorexia and orthorexia, these two disorders share a lot of the same physical consequences. We can see organ failure. We can see heart problems, electrolyte imbalances. We, I always recommend my clients who come in with orthorexia concerns, we need to get labs done. We need blood work. We need to see where their potassium levels are at. This is a serious medical condition. And unfortunately, orthorexia is praised in our society. We look at orthorexia and diet culture says that this is encouraged and praised. And wow, I wish I could be like you. And that is so toxic and stigmatizing and problematic that we have created a disorder that we that we admire because of a culture who says hey by any means necessary get smaller get thinner do more do more do more in this way so i just think it's something to think about what are the consequences of our obsession with healthy eating um and if you are high risk for this especially if you've if you have suffered from any kind of eating disorder you really have to consider the risks of like do i have the luxury of focusing on food in a way that could lead to this and if I was your therapist, I'd say you really need to consider that. There's no scientifically proven or extensively researched treatment for orthorexia. Because um, again, we just kind of acknowledged this in the 90s. A lot of eating disorder experts treat it like a variation of anorexia. And like I talked about earlier, obsessive compulsive disorder, which we see very consistently with eating disorders. 
Treatment is usually going to involve psychotherapy for that reason. Come in. We're going to break down the beliefs around food. We're going to break down your thoughts and your feelings and the behaviors, and we're going to come up with a relapse prevention plan. Um, We're going to address the biological, the psychological, and the social implications. That's what therapy is all about. That's treatment. We're going to make sure you're getting more food. You're going to have to eat food. And we're going to expose you to the anxiety-provoking foods, the fear foods. Remember, we're not talking about bad food. There's no good food or bad food. Um, I operate from an intuitive eating perspective, and I've recovered from doing all kinds of diets and horrible things while I was in my eating disorders to my body. And food's not a moral issue. You're no less worthy or good based on the food that you eat. And so we're going to expose you to these foods. Uh, And weight restoration, if you've recovered for anorexia or have a loved one who has anorexia, weight restoration as needed will be part of this as well. Um, I always recommend, like I said, getting in with a physician who's hopefully health at every size familiar, who's intuitive eating familiar and can take your labs and make sure you're okay. So many of my clients with orthorexia have serious physical health problems because of the obsession and the restriction, but even more so than just the physical, the emotional and the spiritual and the mental impact that comes from this disease. I also recommend these folks team up with a registered dietitian who is informed by the health at every size and intuitive eating approach. Orthorexia is, is sneaky because of diet culture, right? We say, as long as you are getting smaller and losing weight, like that's all we want at the expense of your health. So keep in mind that this is a very real disease with potentially fatal consequences. Um, and if you find yourself having the suffering, having the obsession, having the fixation, make sure that you're you're getting the help you need. Um, you can head over to TiffanyRowSchool.com and check out my eating disorders course. I provide a relapse prevention plan in that course. I talk about orthorexia in that course. Um, if you or anyone you know is dealing with an eating disorder, there's a lot of resources in that course that I, I send you. There's no one-stop shop, you know, in a, in a podcast or in an online course that's going to help you heal from an eating disorder. It's a complex biological, psychological, social, spiritual disease. It's a mental illness. And so I by no means am claiming that this podcast or my courses are the cure-all, but they are supportive and my experience and my personal recovery, I think, are really valuable in supporting others. Let me know any questions you have about orthorexia. Head over to my Instagram page. It's at HeyTiffanyRowe. We changed my handle. It used to be at Mindful Counseling, which I now am using for my practice, Mindful Counseling. Um, but you can follow me for more therapy thoughts over at Hey Tiffany Row. I hope you guys are having a great holiday season. And if you're struggling and if the family stuff and the food stuff and the stress of the holidays is triggering, know that you're not alone. Know there's help. If at any time you're ever having suicidal thoughts, feelings, and you're feeling triggered in that way, reach out to the National Suicide Hotline. Um, The holidays are hard for everyone. I'll be talking more about communication and ways to support you through this time. My friends, thanks for tuning in and may you be well.
I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Therapy Thoughts podcast. If you want to dive deeper into intuitive eating and body image and self-love, head over to tiffanyrow.com. It's the hub of all of my courses, the podcast, my merch, and information about doing counseling and coaching with me. I hope you guys stick around for more. We have lots of exciting interviews and thought leaders coming onto the podcast. So until next time, may you be well.